Warning, this podcast contains adult language and material that may not be suitable for younger or more sensitive listeners. You have been warned. Welcome back to the Hallowed Masquerade, dear monsters. Don't forget your masks, even the shadows here have teeth. This spooky show. And we are your costume host and soul takers, the Ghoul Babes. <laughs> this is the Scorpio speaking. I'm Lauren. I'm Jade. Can I interest you in a sarcastic comment? Always. <laughs> you kids want to see a dead body? I'm Vivian. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> no, you don't. No, I'm good. Please, no. And you guys, we fucked up again. <sighs> what do we do now? How do we do this wrong? Hi, guys. Yeah, he's right there. <laughs> <laughs> One giant reminder of our fuck up. We took the Kool-Aid. We put it in popsicle molds. Well, see, I don't. that's where we fucked up. Oh. Apparently, when you freeze it, it does something to the weird chemical that's in there, and it just uh, doesn't work out all that well. What weird chemical? Uh, the, the shy grape. The shy grape flavor. Yeah. Shy, shy grape, I mean. Was like grape, on an yeah. ice cube. Yeah, that's, that's, <laughs> that's, that's a shy grape, all right. it totally wasn't almonds or bitter ones or <clears throat> anything like that, so. No, not even. Not even a little. <laughs> so, yeah, that's kind of where we fucked up. We froze them and. This is what we get for being nice. Because yeah. it's hot out here. It's getting warm. Thought we'd do something nice. Comes back to bite us in the ass. Lesson learned. Don't ever be nice. This is true. Don't be nice when you can be evil. <laughs> All right. So do we have any ideas for what we're going to do with them this time? Why don't we take a little trip? You know, like Vivian said, it is getting pretty hot. Uh, why don't we take Quincy out to Lake Herman? Can I go fishing? No. No, you may not. <laughs> you may. You may not have any you comforts shan't. at all. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I like the idea of taking him out to Lake Herman Drive and, you know, just leaving him in a car and seeing who shows up, because <laughs> they never did catch him, no, if you know what I mean. They sure did. <laughs> 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 Coffee, eggs, bacon. <laughs> we'll just roll the windows up and just, you know, see where it goes. <laughs> yeah, just, you can just hang out there, right? You know, you don't mind being left in a parking lot, right? I guess not. I mean, I'll bring a picnic. Yeah, I don't, I don't care. Really have a choice. I, I don't even care if you do. That's fine. <laughs> just no Kool-Aid at this picnic. I've had my fill of Kool-Aid. <laughs> As you guys may have guessed, this week we are back on our bullshit. As always. Yes. <laughs> we never left it. <laughs> we are always on our bullshit here. I'm quite comfortable on top of it. <laughs> I'm sitting on my pile of bullshit. It has great lumbar support. <laughs> By that, we mean serial killers. We're taking a deep dive into the mystery of perhaps the most famous unsolved serial killer case since Jack the Ripper. That of the diabolical and elusive Zodiac Killer. My favorite. It's true. There's been no shortage of theories and suspects in the case, all of which we'll cover in the next hour or so. But before we get into all that, let's go back to the beginning. It was a perfect night for a first date. Maybe a little cold at a brisk 36 degrees, but that wasn't uncommon for five days before Christmas. Besides... They had the warm inside of the car and each other to stave off the frigid fingers of winter that clawed so tenaciously outside. The cold was the least of their concerns tonight, anyway. 
He'd always admired her, and now even more so, in the dark on the abandoned lover's lane, her skin lit only by the glowing luminescence of the dashboard and the dim reflection of halogen headlights. She looked like an angel. Here in the dark, where young love would develop slowly into something deep and brilliant, like the emulsion of a Polaroid snapshot. They had already strayed far from where they said they would be, a banal school holiday concert, and had instead rushed headlong into the jaws of beguiling maturity. It was already past ten, and he'd promised to have her home by eleven. But they were alone out here, in their own world. A paradise they had within their trembling grasp, where lips met and concerns about furious and worried parents flew to the farthest parts of their minds. So distracted that likely they didn't see the other car pull up beside where they had parked, loose gravel crunching in a cacophony beneath its tires. He sat for a long moment besides the couple in the other car, alone in darkness, surrounded solely by the sound of smoothly idling engines. He let a smile cross his lips. Adrenaline spiked simultaneously in both vehicles for two suddenly very different reasons. He stepped out into the cold air, a winter breeze bruising cruelly against heated flesh, as he walked around to the driver's side of the vehicle where the young lovers were sequestered in covert paradise in plain sight. The smile grew into a grin. He had them now. There was no doubt that they looked up in shock at the figure who stood in the haze on the other side of the fogged glass. A gentle rap to the window, perhaps enough to draw their attention. Perhaps they assumed it was a police officer who'd pulled alongside to tell them to button up and move on. There was already going to be trouble enough for being late on curfew. They certainly didn't need the police involved. Or at least maybe that's what they thought until they saw the cold blue steel of the gun barrel leveled at them under the harsh glare of winter's moonlight. There was no one there to hear their screams as the back glass of the station wagon shattered into a million fragments with that first warning shot. This was a madman. Perhaps he wanted their money. Drugs were fast becoming a problem in a lot of places, and maybe this was just a junkie that needed some cash for his next fix. The girl stepped out of the car first, standing near the vehicle, wide-eyed and frightened, like a deer caught in a hunter's crosshairs. The boy would open his door, ready to step out when it suddenly became very clear, with the sound of a clicking trigger, that money wasn't the motive. But what became even clearer as the shots rang out, breaking the silence of that fateful December night, that things would never quite be the same again. Because you see... This was only the first. Spooky. 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 Megalamooky. Ding dang dookie. Moments later, another driver passing near Lake Herman Road would notice two lifeless bodies by the side of the road next to a brown station wagon. Benicia police responded to the scene to discover Betty Lou Jensen, 16 years old, dead with five bullet wounds to her back. She had apparently tried to flee the attacker, but to no avail. They would also discover her date, 17-year-old David Faraday, on the ground, halfway out of his mother's borrowed brown rambler with a gunshot wound to his head. Barely clinging to life, David would die moments after being discovered. With no signs of robbery or attempted sexual assault, police seemed baffled by the random attack. 
Bullet holes in the car's roof and back window seem to indicate that the killer may have fired warning shots to force the young couple out of the car. No other evidence was found at the scene other than the shell casings identified as Winchester Western Super X copper-coated ammunition for a 22 caliber semi-automatic pistol, possibly a J.C. Higgins Model 80. Neither victim had any criminal history nor any motive as to why they would have been murdered on a roadside late at night. Police were unable to explain the savage attack, and sadly, it would not be the last that they would be left scratching their heads at. In fact, truth be told, strange and unexplained deaths had begun as far back as 1966. Just a little note here. He was shot in the head and didn't die instantly. No. Like, people had to show up there and he died when people showed up. Yeah, he kind of held on until... Like, like, right as people were, like, you know, before the ambulance could get there. Right, that's... that's sick. <laughs> Zodiac, get better aim, at the very least. It sounds fucked up to say that, but, like, dude, you it, shot him in the head, and he didn't die, and that... That's, like, yeah. the worst thing you could have done to him. I mean, the only hope there is that his body was in shock, so he didn't feel it quite with all the adrenaline and stuff, hopefully. And what's weird is they think she got out of the car first... And then as he started to get out of the car, he shot him first and then shot her when she ran. So it wasn't like she had five bullets in her back. So obviously she was shot while running. Right. Like he wasn't even out of the car completely. Like he was like halfway out of the car. Like his seatbelt was still on it, Mm -hmm. I guess. And he was kind of like slumped out of the car. So it was almost like he started to get out. She was already out, which is that's weird. That's really strange that he would shoot the guy first. She's already out of the car. Well, I'm pretty sure it was, uh, he viewed him as more of a threat to him. Uh, that could was be. like, oh, this guy, if oh, I start shooting yeah. her, is going to come after He's gonna me. He's going to come at me. Whereas if I shoot him, she's going to run away. And then I can get her. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what I think happened there. Because she probably got out, but didn't start running immediately. She didn't, no. She, so, like, apparently was, like, kind of standing by the car waiting for him to get out. To find out what was going on. Right. She got out like, oh, shit, I know him. I know this this dude. I know this dude. Oh, shit. Hey, what up? Oh, no. Oh, Oh, no. no. (laughs) This took a turn. (laughs) This took a very dark turn. Sick of living, unwilling to die. Cut. Clean. If red clean. Blood spurting, dripping, spilling all over her new dress. Oh, well. It was red anyway. Life draining into an uncertain death. She won't die. This time, someone will find her. Just wait till next time. R.H. So there's actually some debate on the authenticity of this as a, quote, Zodiac note. It was found written on the underside of a desk in the Riverside College Library in December of 66 and was thus given the name The Riverside Desktop Poem, which is real clever, I know. <laughs> Creative naming. <laughs> Creative naming conventions there. Yeah. How'd you, how'd you name this one? Well, found it on a desktop, so desktop poem. Desktop poem. <laughs> the murder of Sherry Jo Bates occurred on October 30th, 1966, which is thought of to be the first murder that the Zodiac committed, but's never been officially confirmed. So the poem is presumed to be written about her murder, making this possibly the earliest known communication that can be traced to the Zodiac killer. Not on purpose, though. It was just kind of a little thing that he they did. Kind of just, just a little ditty, doodled you know? while he was sitting and waiting for you know. <laughs> oh no! Somebody found my poem. It's not very good. Oh no! Don't read it. Don't read it, <laughs> especially not in front of people at a poetry slam. Oh my god! Oh my god! That'd be so <laughs> embarrassing, you guys. <laughs> 
But, okay, so it was found on the underside of the desk. Was it... I'm in my head picturing, like, it written on the desk. Yeah, yeah. It was? It was written, How yeah. did he write it underneath? And nobody oh, it was a foldable saw- desk. It was, a, like, oh, the desks okay. that, like, flip up. Gotcha, like, gotcha, gotcha. Right okay. underside, yeah. It's I'm, one of them. I was thinking of, like, the desk that I had in school where, like, you just slid into the seat. And I'm like, how the... He no, was just, down nobody, on the floor and nobody, nobody said anything. This, nobody noticed this asshole sitting underneath the desk. Like, Don't like, look at me, God. Like Michelangelo just like laying on his back, like writing a fucking symphony. And then alternately, like, how would it have been discovered? Like, yeah. somebody gets really, really frustrated, just stands up and flips the desk. And just, goes, fuck school. Fuck, oh, wait, fuck hey. my school. <laughs> like, like, oh, oh, wait, oh, what wait. is this? There's words here. Hello. <laughs> that makes a lot more sense now yeah uh like i said there is some debate on whether this is actually a note written by the zodiac is there are some theories that rather than a poem about murder it's actually a poem about suicide i did not get that it doesn't seem suicidey to me no i i guess i see why they think it is i did not get that vibe it's very murdery it's definitely creepy with a with a sprinkling of malice and extra murder (laughs) and a and a side of I'm gonna get you, bitch. I'm gonna get you. <laughs> oh, shit, bitch. I'm, I'm gonna get you. I think I already got you. Uh, I personally think it can be attributed to the Zodiac because of the match in handwriting, first of all, as well as his writing style, and the fact that he later demonstrates that he dabbles a little in poetry in his later notes. You know, oh my god, so embarrassing. You're hey, reading my poetry. Guys. <laughs> but seriously, what did you think of that? <laughs> but seriously, tell me what you think. Only positive notes. <laughs> it's awful, right? I know, so terrible, gosh. Please don't tell me it's terrible. (laughs) Also, uh, it fell around, like, kind of a convenient timeline as well. It happened right after the death. Uh, The main argument against it being the Zodiac is the inclusion of the initials RH, which aren't matching any of the suspects. I think it's a little bit of a stretch to completely discredit something like that. You know, like, oh, well, initials were RH. Couldn't be. It, It weren't. It wasn't ZM for Zodiac yeah, Murderer. Zodiac. <laughs> ZK for Zodiac Killer. Yeah, for those reasons, I've chosen to look at this as a piece of Zodiac writing. Uh, as for the initials RH, uh, yeah, they didn't match any of the suspects, that's true. However, knowing what we know about the Zodiac, he liked to play mind games a little bit. I would like to think that RH stands for Red Herring, personally. And my thought process there is that usually anyone who's a fan of the short story The Most Dangerous Game, which he is, and we'll get to that, uh, is also usually a fan of the works of Agatha Christie, as they're usually put on the same level academically. Uh, It's not completely far-fetched to think that such a fan of The Most Dangerous Game would also be a fan of, say, And Then There Were None by Agatha Christie, which features a large plot twist in the form of red herring. Spoiler alert. I'm pretty sure everybody's read And Then There Were None at this point. I was going to say, if you haven't read And Then There Were None or Ten Little Indians, whatever you want to call it, sorry, I spoiled that for you. I'm really not sorry, though. Yeah, it's like, I mean, you've had ketchup. Yeah, you've had how many years to read this? You had time. (laughs) Mommy tomato, daddy tomato, and a baby tomato are walking down the street. (laughs) Ketchup, bitch. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, basically, it's like, you've had, when was this published? You've had how long? Yeah, no excuses. (laughs) So I think using something like that would have definitely appealed to him very, very much, as I don't believe he ever had any intention of revealing his identity, despite promises later on that he would. He a liar. He's a lying sack of shit. A murderer who's a liar? (gasps) No. (laughs) Joe Hughes. (laughs) Zodiac, you're such a tease. (laughs) 
the first time had been glorious. Like losing one's virginity all over again. The rush, the thrill, the heady afterglow. Endorphins released. But now the sensation had ebbed, despite him trying desperately to grasp and hold on to it. It slipped through his fists like sand. The exhaustion of the good chemicals in his brain left him feeling dull and sluggish. Irritable. There was only one remedy he could see. God forgive us. Nearly midnight, July 4th, Independence Day, Darlene Farron and Michael Majot sat parked in Blue Rock Springs Park to talk. Sure. We'll sure. go with that. Sure. They were isolated. There were no cars around. A car, argued to be either a light brown Ford Mustang or a Chevrolet Corvair, pulled into the lot, just a few feet away from the couple. A man exited the car, flashlight and gun in hand. Thinking the man was a police officer, Darlene and Michael had their identification ready. However, when the man arrived at the car, he opened fire on the couple. The man fired five shots, some of the bullets piercing Majot, and then Darlene. And then... He was gone. Just as quickly as he had arrived, the male was already walking back to his car. That was, until he heard the screaming. Michael's pained moans brought the shooter back, and two more shots were fired at the couple. It was during the second attack that Michael was able to get a description of the shooter. White. 5'8 to 5'9. Late 20s to early 30s. Stocky, with a round face and brown hair. The man left the couple, Michael was badly injured, and Darlene, Darlene was dead. After leaving the crime scene, an eerie phone call was placed to the Vallejo Police Department. The fact that he went back to try and kill him, and still didn't succeed. <laughs> he's, <laughs> he's, really, bat he's batting a thousand, he's bad at this. He really, really is. Have you noticed, though, so far in these two murders, well, I guess it'd be, yeah, two... Three murders and yeah. one survival. And one oops. And one oops. <laughs> um, that he's very good at killing women, but sucks at killing men. Yeah. Maybe it's like a focus. Maybe. Yeah. Kind of. I feel like he's just kind of spraying the car with bullets and just like seeing what sticks. <laughs> Say hello to my little friend style. <laughs> yeah, just like sprays the car. <laughs> if they die, cool. I mean, that's the aim. But, yeah, that's, you know, the, that's the goal. That's the goal, but, like, obviously he's not completely sold on it to go back and check <laughs> to make sure they're dead. Like, right. <laughs> Shit, maybe he just needed to go to a shooting range. Yeah, he seems like he needed some target practice. <laughs> like, just go to a shooting range or something, dude. Get good. Get Little good. did we know that he was just using the gun as a carrying case. He actually, like, popped out the bullets and was just throwing them. <laughs> throwing them. Is this how this works? Does this bug you? I'm not touching you. Like, no, dude, stop. <laughs> You've been oh. throwing bullets at us for half an hour. Get out of here. <laughs> they started making fun of him. Like, that one didn't even reach me. And he's like, oh, joke's on you, fucker. This one will reach you. <laughs> I'm starting to bruise now. Stop. Oh, jeez. That one broke the, the skin. You keep hitting the same spot. Ow. How do you do that? <laughs> I want to report a double murder. If you go one mile east on Columbus Parkway to the public park... You will find the kids in a brown car. They were shot with a nine millimeter Luger. I also killed those kids last year. Goodbye.
So this actually marks the first time that anyone ever heard the actual voice of the Zodiac, and according to dispatcher Nancy Slover, it's a moment that she will never forget. She notes his speech pattern, stating that he spoke in a monotone, as if reading from a script, like he just kind of wrote it down on his hand or something, like, kind of like a teenage girl, I'm going to sit and practice what I'm going to say, and then I'm going to say it, and then, oh my god, I'm going to hang up really fast. I need to report a murder. Oh, shit. Oh, okay, bye. <laughs> okay, bye. I need to murder a report. I mean, fuck. I mean, fuck. <laughs> Click. Hang up. <laughs> Am I here to report a murder? Circle yes or no. <laughs> uh, yeah, she notes that his voice did change when he got to goodbye, like he went off script. He didn't just say goodbye, like normal and hang up. It was more of a goodbye which she said chilled her to the bone. She thought based on that, she was definitely talking to someone who, quote, wasn't all there, which, yeah, that's a little... (laughs) People that walk up to somebody and shoot them randomly in a car, yeah, I'm gonna go with maybe isn't all there. I think you're a little fucked in the head. Just a a tiny bit. And then to call and report it yourself, even more so. Oh, yeah, the main thing with him is he wanted to brag about it. He wanted someone to see it. Like, Like, didn't want to get caught necessarily, but, like, wanted to get credit. Exactly. He's very much like, uh... That one person that'll go out and get a, a Christmas present in, like, July and then give it to them in July. Me. <laughs> me. 100% me. 100% like, attack. I got you something and I really want you to open it now. Oh my god, I can't wait to see your reaction. That, but more creepy. So, so more like, <laughs> I made you something. Oh god. I made you something. I don't want it. <laughs> Very much It like has that. real hair in it. You can keep it. I think it's pretty much like that. I appreciate the thought, but I already have one, actually. I've got one, actually. I've already got a couple of severed heads. Thanks. Thanks. Thanks for that. Thanks, though. (laughs) The thought that counts. Yeah, he did definitely portray himself in such a way that he thought no one would be able to track him by showing no emotion or inflection. And I think he was very, very pleased with himself for being able to do so. Like, he was probably very giddy after... Actually, shooting somebody. I'm picturing him doing a dance. Actually, oh yeah, me oh, too. Jig. Don't know why, like a little jig. Yeah, they call it the zodiac jig. <laughs> a little, little zodiac happy dance at the end with a little shanty, just <laughs> shimmy, a little shimmy, shimmy shake. Oh, I'm zodiac. That's my name. I'm the zodiac. I killed just someone. Kind of walked away, skipping, <laughs> clicking, clicking his heels together. <laughs> you can't see, but I'm dancing right now. Oh, I'm the zodiac. That's my name. That's <laughs> why he didn't want anyone to read his poetry. Yeah, exactly. Because it's all why. terrible. It's bad. It's bad news bears. It's all bad news bears. Yes, very, very pleased with himself for being able to keep it in check the way that he did. So I think at the very end, his little goodbye was him having a little bit of fun. And then followed by mic drop. And boom goes the Zodiac. (laughs) That'll make sense later. (laughs) It will. It will. We promise. We'll get there. It's a winding road, but we'll get there. Yes. They'd been found, but the credit still eluded him. The lack of recognition, gnawing and twisting his guts around until he felt he actually might burst. The cops were fucking idiots, needing to be coddled like children and shown the way. He sat down at his desk, took the pen, and in a steady hand began to write. It would seem they would need more help than he'd actually anticipated, and he was glad to oblige. Dear Editor, I am the killer of the two teenagers last Christmas at Lake Herman and the girl last 4th July. To prove this, I shall state some facts which only I and the police know. 
So the things that he actually listed in his notes were as follows. For the Christmas shooting, he stated that the brand name of ammo he used was Super X and that 10 shots were fired, that the male victim was on his back with his feet pointing towards the car, and last, that the female victim was lying on her right side with her feet facing west. He said west. Like, it wasn't weast? It was not weast. <laughs> no, it was west. So uh, there's, there's theories that he's uh, from a military background, so... The fact that he used, like, West in right. conversation. Whereas nowadays, if someone's like, yeah, and then you want to turn north here, I'm like, I'm where like, the fuck? Just send I'm me like, the address. Right or, I'm just say right or left. Just give me a fucking direction. <laughs> just send me the address I... and I'll fucking map quest it. Jesus Christ, fucking north, south, east, I'm like, west. like, do I look like a goddamn compass? What the fuck do I look like? No, fuck no. So it's just worth noting and kind of focusing on that he did say West. Very, very military of him. Uh, for the 4th of July shooting, he said that the female victim was wearing patterned pants, the male victim was also shot in the knee, and that the brand name of ammo used this time was Western. He took a shot to the knee. <laughs> but then it took a bullet to the knee. <laughs> but, like, think of how bad a, a shot like he was if they're in a car and he still got the knee. <laughs> oh, he was right up on the on the car. So he was, like, looking in and pointing like, down. Just... I was like, part of me feels like he wasn't even looking in the car and was just like, blam, 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 blam. <laughs> you think at this point he's still, like, skittish about it, like, Ooh, I have to do this, but I don't want to do this. <laughs> and then, <laughs> okay, I did it. <laughs> <laughs> bang, bang. Pew, pew, da-dow, da-dow. Da-dow, da-dow, pew, pew, da-dow. And Did I, did I do done. it, guys? Did I do it? Why are you screaming? <laughs> you why, should be dead. Why are you screaming? Why you scream? You shot me in the knee. Oh, my bad, dude. I meant to hit you in the head. <laughs> Sorry about that. Sorry about it. The killer stated that along with his letter, he had also sent part of a cipher with the other two parts of the cipher going to the San Francisco Examiner and the San Francisco Chronicle. Also along with that came this chilling threat. I want you to print this cipher on your front page by Friday afternoon, August 1st, 1969. If you do not do this, I will go on a kill rampage Friday night that will last the whole weekend. I will cruise around and pick off all stray people or couples that are all alone, then move on to kill some more until I have killed over a dozen people. So it was signed with the symbol that would become synonymous with the killer, a circle with a cross through the middle. It's also worth noting that his spelling of Christmas included a second S, making the words so many associate with a happy and joyous time seem much more sinister. S for sinister. S is for sinister, or S is for snake, because that's how I imagine a snake would spell Christmas. Meanwhile, people say it would seem more sinister. I'm just thinking about the fact that he put ass. Christmas. Christmas. There's ass. You wrote ass in Christmas. <laughs> I look at it and go, you oh, put the mass. ass in Christmas. I put the ass back in Christmas. <laughs> I look at it and go, okay, mass murder. La, 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 la. Uh, but keep this part in mind, the double S. The ass. Keep the ass in mind. <laughs> uh, always we, keep the ass in mind. Always. always keep the ass in mind. That is a good rule. Uh, when we start talking about suspects, it comes back around. Talk. Time was a savage, unforgiving beast. As soon as the pen had hit paper, the countdown to the next murder had already begun. Dear Editor, this is the Zodiac speaking. In answer to your asking for more details about the good times I have had in Vallejo, 
I shall be very happy to supply even more material. By the way, are the police having a good time with the code? If not, tell them to cheer up. When they do crack it, they will have me. He'd sent the letters out to all three papers the same day. Three letters, three parts of a carefully concocted cipher. Pieces of a puzzle that they would be forced to acknowledge and put to the eyes of the frightened public. The clues were there. They'd not be able to ignore his accomplishments for much longer. Sooner yet, they'd have a name to go with their waking nightmare. Hell of a name they'd have, too. (laughs) As stated in our narrative, he did send out three different letters to three different papers. Like applying for some fucked up job interview. (laughs) You guys need a Zodiac killer? (laughs) What about you guys? You guys need a Zodiac killer? Y'all hiring? (laughs) Y'all hiring? I need to make copies of this. Like, how awkward was that probably to copy at Kinko's or whatever? Be like, I need three copies of this letter. Dude, what the fuck is this? Don't read it. Don't read it. You're stealing my ideas. <laughs> it's my poetry it. stuff. Don't look at my poetry. Just let me get copies. I just want to get my copies and leave. <laughs> I didn't ask for critiques, okay? kind of <laughs> sensitive. And on the front of the envelopes of each one, he wrote, Please rush to editor. Dear editor, this is the Zodiac speaking. In answer to your asking for more details about the good times I have had in Vallejo, I shall be very happy to supply even more material. By the way, are the police having a good time with the code? If not, tell them to cheer up. When they do crack it, they will have me. Finally, ladies and gents, we have a name. The Zodiac is unique in that he named himself, which is just kind of another one of those, like, I'm... I'm an egotistical fucking asshole. High and mighty. I named myself. I mean, you Jack, can't name me. Jack the Ripper did the same thing. That yeah, was the only that reason too. it was called Jack the Ripper is because the, the Ripper letter. Right. It makes me think, um, I don't know if anybody, well, everybody watching probably has Hulu, but there's a show, The Prodigal Son. Are people watching us? That's weird. Stop watching me. <laughs> Stop watching me. <laughs> Not us. Where is are that what they? I said? Yeah. Sorry. You said watching us. <laughs> you said watch. Everyone is watching. I'm like, who's watching? <laughs> Sorry, I paused because I'm like, everybody should have Hulu. Anyway, yeah, sure. Um, there's a show on Hulu called The Prodigal Son, and brief plot summary, not of spoilers, but just kid is the son of a serial killer. Mm-hmm. Um, there are a couple points during the show where the dad um, hypes on the fact that like he was given the name the surgeon. And so then later on, he's like, oh, what's his name? When they're talking about other killers, like, what did they decide his yeah, name they was? Call him, yeah. So it's kind of important in the serial killer world to have that to name have if you're name. doing it for notoriety. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so the fact that he chose his own showed that he was, like, not fucking around. He didn't want to be the circle cross killer. Yeah. Right. Or uh, what did they call him? The Bay something killer? Yeah, something like that. And I was like, he's like, no, I don't like that. Yeah, he was like, uh, think again. <laughs> yeah, he wasn't given the Zodiac name by the police. He flexed his need to control everything by saying, here's what you're going to call me. So imagine if... <laughs> 
<laughs> oh no, I'm making myself laugh. Imagine if he was like, call me daddy. This is the daddy speaking. <laughs> this no. is daddy speaking. You've been very bad The to letters daddy. would have immediately gone into the trash can. <laughs> like not made a single paper. They'd be like, Ugh. It would have been right where we are right now. We're like, you could not find enough hand sanitizer. Yeah. <laughs> Gotta bathe in that shit. This is daddy speaking and you've made daddy very angry. <laughs> immediately bleached the eyeballs. Bleached the eyeballs. <laughs> you know what? I quit. <laughs> you know what? Here's here's my letter of resignation. Goodbye. <laughs> it's just the zodiac letter. It's the zodiac letter. It's this one. It's this letter right here. It's this this right made here. me quit. Goodbye. And I'm going to jump into the Pacific Ocean. And I'm going to join a nunnery. Goodbye. Good B. <laughs> I've never been good at saying good B. Good, good B, B, guys. <laughs> also, the line, they will have me, lies. Lies and slander. Fables and fairy tales. Oh, absolutely. But I'll get to that in just a very, very, very quick second. Uh, the cipher, which the now named Zodiac was so proud of, would actually be solved four days later. Because <laughs> you're so fucking proud of it. And it was solved four days later on August 8th by Donald Jean and his wife, Betty June Harden of Salinas, California. And here's why I say lies and slander. I like killing people because it is so much fun. It is more fun than killing wild game in the forest, because man is the most dangerous animal of all to kill. Something gives me the most thrilling experience. It is even better than getting your rocks off with a girl. The best part of it is that when I die, I will be reborn in paradise, and all that I have killed will become my slaves. I will not give you my name because you will try to slow down or stop my collecting of slaves for my afterlife. Words. It was all words. Rambling threats and vociferous boasting that calmed the itch for a time. Just talking about it at first was enough to satiate the beast inside, but even the taunts and torments were not enough after a while. It was like picking at scabs. Satisfying for a moment until the discomfort returned and the open wound crusted over again. Dormant and suffocated. The craving had its hooks in the flesh like a desperate dope fiend and refused to let go. Only the spilling of blood would calm the voices now that spiraled like toxic storm clouds in his head. The knife felt right in his hand. The perfect weight balance between life and death between God and demon. A deep, steadying breath taken into the lungs. It had been too long. It was open season, after all. And a hunting trip was long overdue. September 27th, 1969. The sun was shining bright, and the waters of Lake Berryessa were as blue as ever. It was the perfect day for a picnic, at least, that's what Brian Hartnell and Cecilia Shepard, both Pacific Union College students, thought as they decided to visit a small island at Lake Berryessa. Everything was great, until a man, between 5'11 and 6 foot, approached them. He had a heavy build and wore a, quote, black executioner's type hood over his greasy brown hair. Clip-on sunglasses shielded his eyes, and a, quote, bib-like device hung on his chest. The male had a gun, possibly a forty-five, and claimed to have escaped prison, either in Colorado or Montana. He claimed he killed a guard and stole a car, but now needed money and a new car to make it to Mexico. 
The man forced Cecilia to tie up Brian with pre-cut lengths of plastic clothesline that he had with him before tying her up himself. Once the couple was secure, the male pulled out a knife and began to stab them both repeatedly. Brian would suffer six stab wounds, Cecilia ten. The male then hiked 500 yards back to Knoxville Road to Brian Hartnell's car. On the door, he drew the signature cross-circle symbol and below wrote, Vallejo, 12-20-68-7-4-69, September 27-69, by knife. This message included the dates of the Faraday-Jensen and the Farron Majot attacks and the most recent attack on Cecilia and Brian. At 7.40 p.m., the man called the Napa County Sheriff's Office from a payphone located near the Napa Car Wash on Main Street. And this is one of the reasons I think that there could have been two people working together. Like, everything's so different here. He's wearing a costume here. He's using a completely different weapon here. And he sat and, like, chatted with them. He's very, very talky. To be fair, this one was during the day and the other one was at was night, night. So he that kind too, of had to yeah. be... A little bit more chatty and normal as opposed to if you're coming up to somebody in their car, you can just... Right, exactly. Still, little differences. It's always kind of fun to note. Mm -hmm. Oh, sorry. I mean, dude, if I see somebody approaching me with a black bib with a fucking hood on, I'm running. I'm just just (laughs) going. Goodbye. I'm gonna go. Like, like, this motherfucker's walking up here with this plastic fucking, this black grocery sack on his head and and, and clipped on sunglasses on the outside. Goodbye. (laughs) Bye. (laughs) Goodbye. I'm not sticking around to find out why. No. I'm not interested. I don't want to (laughs) know. I don't don't need a reason. I don't need a reason de trois for this one. I'm a go. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm out. But I wonder how pissed off he was. And it was like, it's not a bib. Come on. <laughs> when that like hit the media. Just, I'm not wearing a bib. I'm not a crusty crab. I'm not a baby. And he proceeded to cry. And then he did. He probably proceeded to cry. I want to report a murder. No, a double murder. They are two miles north of park headquarters. They were in a white Volkswagen Carmen Ghia. I'm the one who did it. So once again, his voice was kept even and monotone, as if he had been reciting what he wanted to say from a piece of paper. His confession of, I'm the one who did it, was matter of fact, and yet threatening all at once. Though this being the last phone call he made, he explains why later, and we'll get to that, I think once he started writing the letters, the phone calls became less fun for him. He had to watch his tone and watch what he said a lot more. But in a letter, there's no tone of voice, so he had much more freedom. I think he could be, quote, himself more. And I think he liked that a lot better. Which is odd, because he's probably the only one who liked that. This (laughs) doesn't seem like a guy who has a lot of friends. Right, no. (laughs) His letters start to get very, like, chatty, very conversational. Again, because he doesn't have any friends and no one else to talk to. Yeah, nobody wants to talk to him. No one wants to spend a weekend with this dude. You probably eat paste. (laughs) You probably pees him. Like, he probably wets the bed. (laughs) Or he throws up a lot. And he's just like, like, dude, you're a lot to spend a weekend with, so no. Or maybe he bleats like a goat when he's nervous. (laughs) 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 (laughs)
Is it a goat? This is why we don't talk to him. This is why we don't talk to this guy. Like, why don't we try to talk to this guy? <laughs> the phone was found off the hook by KVON radio reporter Pat Stanley. Detectives were able to pull a, quote, still wet palm print from the telephone, but were unable to find a match. 27 miles away, back at Lake Berryessa, a fisherman and his son heard screams for help and came upon Brian and Cecilia. Napa County Sheriff's deputies, Dave Collins and Ray Land, arrived to the scene to find Cecilia still conscious enough to provide a detailed description of the man who attacked them. Both victims were taken to Queen of the Valley Hospital in Napa. However, Cecilia fell into a coma in the ambulance and never regained consciousness. While Brian Hartnell survived the attack, Cecilia would die two days later. Again, sucks at killing dudes. Right, like, eh, I don't want to focus too much on you. I prefer looking at a female face when it's terrified. It's murder in time. Exactly. It was probably more like, I'm just going to incapacitate you, and if you die, you die. If you die, well, then, you know, more the better. But, like, Mm -hmm. that wasn't the aim. It was probably like, I'm going to injure you so you can't stop me from what I really want to do. Precisely. But if you die, man, we'll be upset about it. <laughs> I don't really care if you die. <laughs> I don't give a fuck about you. <laughs> the voices were quieted. For now. But with every kill, the high would fade faster. Like black tar rushing through ruined, collapsed veins. It would hit hard and then dissipate. Never lingering quite as long or as exquisitely as that first one had. The pinnacle. The white whale that he continued to chase. The one that continued to elude him. None of the others had been as satisfying, he resolved, as he stepped off the curb at Mason and Geary, flagging down a passing cab with one hand, the other gripping a pistol concealed in his coat pocket. The cab glided to a halt, allowing him to slip into the back seat. He could see the driver's weary eyes starkly lit by harsh oncoming headlights reflected in the rearview mirror. Where to, buddy? The cabbie asked, a voice threaded with bass notes of exhaustion and countless late nights. Presidio Heights. The words leaving his lips like crisp fall leaves. His hand tightened around the pistol grip, blood pounding in his ears. The hunt was on once more. Perhaps others wouldn't be as satisfying, but all he knew for sure, as the cab pulled away, carrying him into the night, was that he couldn't stop. On October 11th, 1969, two weeks following the Shepard and Hartnell attacks, Paul Stein, a cab driver, picked up a white male at the intersection of Mason and Geary Streets in San Francisco. The male requested Stein to take him to Washington and Maple Streets, located in Presidio Heights. One block past the desired destination, Paul Stein was shot in the back of the head with a 9mm. The man took Paul's wallet and car keys, as well as a, quote, large portion of his shirt. Witnesses, three teenagers across the street, called the police while the crime was in progress. They claimed to have observed the male wiping the cab down, presumably for any evidence, before walking towards Presidio Park. They described the male as white, between the ages of 25 and 30, either 5'8 or 5'9, stocky, with, quote, reddish-brown hair worn in a crew cut, and heavy-rimmed glasses and dark clothing. Unfortunately, the police dispatcher relayed the description of the suspect incorrectly, mistakenly identifying the suspect as a black male. 
Because of this misinformation, patrol officers Donald Falk and Eric Zelms believed they may have walked past the suspect, being none the wiser. Can you imagine how bad that 911 dispatcher would have I'm right. so, I, I would love to have heard this nine the call because I'm like how did you royally fuck that up like they said it's a white dude and how did you get black dude out of that the only part that I could have would be like he wore dark clothing even uh, that, even that like, I'm like dude how did you how Maybe they, like, started saying something and, like, cut themselves off and, like, they were very panicked. I mean, they're teenagers trying to give the benefit of a doubt, but I really... They were trying to take a TikTok. They were trying to... They were were busy trying to do their TikTok dances and some shooting cab drivers across the street. (laughs) Fucking assholes. Fucking renegade. (laughs) How dare they? Also, I just love that uh, about a block from his destination, he decided, "Nah, eh, I can walk from here," and just shot him in the head. <laughs> well, it was a block past, so it was I'm a like, block I, past. I'm wondering what ha- if he like told him keep going, or if Paul yeah. like missed it. I don't know what Maybe happened. He was turning there. around to like, "Oh crap, I missed this, missed my turn," or like he was like, "Oh, you know what? Like maybe just just keep driving, just keep driving," and then it's like. How am I going to pay this fare? Couple ammo. Couple ammo. <laughs> Couple ammo. And this is how you get out of a cab fare, apparently, when you're the Zodiac killer. <laughs> Only when you're the Zodiac killer. Only Don't actually go into this. Don't. No. 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 <laughs> but I love that. I do love the idea of like, oh, you missed the turn. Worst cab driver Worst ever. ever. I wish I could. Oh wait, I can. That was his. That was his version of a one-star Yelp review. <laughs> oh, he yelped. <laughs> oof. Oof. Big oof. At first, Paul Stein's murder was thought to be your typical cabbie killing in a robbery that escalated to the point of murder. However, on October 13th, the San Francisco Chronicle received a letter from the Zodiac containing a piece of a bloody shirt, claiming credit for the cab driver's death. The San Francisco police could have caught me last night if they had searched the park properly, instead of holding road races with their motorcycles, seeing who could make the most noise. The car drivers should have just parked their cars and sat quietly, waiting for me to come out of cover. School children make nice targets. I think I shall wipe out a school bus some morning. Just shoot out the front tire and then pick off the kitties as they come bouncing out. So one thing that everyone knows for sure about the Zodiac, he thinks he's smarter and all around just better than everyone, and he loves to prove it. Besides killing, I'm sure there were very few things that gave him more pleasure than rubbing the cop's nose in their mistake. Like, I was right there the whole time, and you were just too fucking stupid to notice, or I was just simply too smart for you. That elusive. <laughs> Presumably while stroking himself. Just, <laughs> I was too smart for you. <laughs> he was just like, I am the knight, and then just like, and then he was gone. <laughs> Hissed at everybody, just... <laughs> disappeared into the shadows. This is the Zodiac speaking. <laughs> so he turns a flashlight on him, he turns into an angry raccoon. <laughs> It's not static on the recording. It's him hissing. Nope, don't need don't need a translator for that one. No. <laughs> tell no. him tell him to come back when he's a grown up and wants to talk like an adult. 
<laughs> also, the threat towards the school children finally got him exactly what he wanted the whole time, which was widespread panic. And now, no one took him lightly or doubted his identity again, thanks to the piece of the bloodied shirt. Which, uh, he did actually chop it up into a couple of different pieces and send it in a couple of different yeah. letters. But this was, like, the bloody shirt letter. Because yeah. it was the first time he did it. But it's like, I, I, here's, here's a thing to prove that I'm know what i'm talking about oh oh bitch you thought (laughs) oh he tried it he tried it the san francisco police department investigated around 2500 suspects over the years but to no avail this was the last official kill attributed to the zodiac killer it was a game now another set of clues another cipher he smiled at his handiwork as he set the pen aside the hunter becoming the hunted. A tease. So long as the papers kept publishing his words, he kept them all in his thrall, and that excited him almost as much as any kill. He slid another section of bloodstained shirt into the envelope with the card. Prize, given away like the one found at the bottom of a Cracker Jack box. This is the Zodiac speaking. I thought you would need a good laugh before you hear the bad news. You won't get the news for a while yet. P.S. Could you print this new cipher in your front page? I get awfully lonely when I am ignored. So lonely I could do my thing. This is the Zodiac speaking. Up to the end of October, I have killed seven people. I've grown rather angry with the police for telling their lies about me. The police shall never catch me because I have been too clever for them. So you see, the police don't have much to work on. If you wonder why I was wiping the cab down, I was leaving fake clues for the police to run all over town with, as one might say. I gave the cops busy work to do to keep them happy. I enjoy needling the blue pigs. Hey, pig. Doesn't it rile you up to have your nose rubbed in your boo-boos? If you cops think I'm going to take on a bus the way I stated I was, you deserve to have holes in your heads. Remember when I said we would find out why he stated he would stop with the phone calls? His reasoning is actually explained in the letter he sent on November 9th to the Chronicle. He states that he was angry with the police for uh, telling lies about him. Whatever that meant. Yeah, whatever that means. <laughs> like, telling lies about me. I heard you talking shit. <laughs> heard you talking about my guts. <laughs> fucking me up. <laughs> so he said he was going to change the way he did things so that he was no longer announcing his killings. He said he was going to make every killing look like a robbery, killings out of anger, and even fake accidents so that they would have a harder time tracking down which victims to attribute to him. This letter also is yet another superiority flex, where he's trying to prove how much better than the police he is, as evidenced by talking about giving the cops busy work. He also gave a few hints, such as mentioning that he does look like the description given to police, but when he kills, he looks completely different. Which, I mean, probably. Like, (laughs) I I would probably say that too, whether it was true or not. (laughs) Right. Even if it was a lie. Sure. And then he refused to tell them what his killing outfit was, because why wouldn't he <laughs> refuse to tell them that? Why would you tell them that? That would be my question. I mean, my follow-up. Why would you send an envelope that you licked on and be yeah. like, you lied to me. You cough, lied. Cough, Dennis. 
Dennis. Oh, Dennis. Mr. Raider. <laughs> you liar. Oh, we'll get to you. You sit down. You, you wait your turn. You wait your turn. <laughs> BT, okay. Okay, <laughs> okay. sir. <laughs> BT, oh, 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 okay. <laughs> he also said that he was wiping down the cab, but it was only to further throw off the police, as he actually uses two coats of airplane cement to cover his prints. This letter's a fucking long one. The Zodiac likes to talk a fucking lot. So much so that when collecting the lines to read from the letters, I had to break this one down into a couple of different parts and just give the cliff notes of what I didn't include here. Though it's interesting that at the end, he did decide to go back on his former threat of wiping out a school bus and even said that if anyone believed he would actually do that, they deserved holes in their heads. Like, the idea that he could commit such a crime even offended him. Oh, and confession time? His dripping pen joke? I don't get it. I think it's a dick joke. <laughs> Is that it? I think Probably. I, I just washed my pen. I, I don't get it. Like, do you mean you washed your dick? Thank you, I appreciate that. Thanks for the that. info. Thanks for the, you know, TMI, dude. Like, like I don't get it. <laughs> like, I would have written sooner, but I washed my pen. Like, are you okay? are you literally saying that you left your pen in your pocket when you did your laundry? Was this a literal, like, oopsie poopsie, like, <laughs> confession? Or was this, like, some sort of double entendre that you were, like, trying to be, like, clever about? It wasn't clever. I don't get it. it Zodiac's my favorite here, and I'm still like, I don't get this. It's one of those, like, <laughs> it's a joke, and yeah, it, it makes me think you don't know how jokes work. Tells a joke and then sits there waiting for people to laugh, and then... Y'all motherfuckers better start laughing real goddamn quick. <laughs> Either that or you go, like, what? Okay, well, what was the punchline? And like, like, what was, what was it? Like, oh, it's kind of a thinker. Yeah, it makes me think you don't know how jokes work. Right, big <laughs> time. Like, seriously. Like, it was like, dude, what? The, really? I'd have a hard time not writing back if I worked for the paper. Just like, I don't get it. You're not funny. This joke was dumb. <laughs> this joke smells. Don't quit your <laughs> don't quit your day job, man. Oh wait, actually, you probably should quit your actually, day job. You probably should and your night job. Please stop doing this. Please stop doing both of those things. <laughs> but don't become a stand-up comedian because you're terrible. No, <laughs> y'all motherfuckers better start laughing real goddamn quick. He'd seen her driving along the 132, listening to the radio, minding her own business. She was young, beautiful, vibrant. He could feel his blood rising as he watched her, face flushing and getting hot as he leisurely pressed the gas, keeping pace alongside her. A wave to grab her attention, gesturing to the roadside. Hunted. Meet Hunter. Pull over! Something is wrong with your car! He mouthed through the glass. She looked confused, but she was trusting just as he hoped she might be. She could have easily ignored him and sped off, but instead she flicked on her signal and began to pull over to the shoulder. A smile crept across his lips as he drifted over into the lane, pulling up behind her. A glance to the tire iron in the back seat, just as her door began to open. Showtime. On Sunday, in late March, seven-month pregnant Kathleen Johns packed her daughter into a station wagon in San Bernardino, California, in order to visit her sick mother up north in Petaluma. As she traveled along Highway 132, another driver pulled up alongside her. He signaled that she should pull over. Once she did, the driver of the other car explained that he had seen that one of the back wheels of her vehicle was loose and offered to fix the problem. Instead, he loosened the lug nuts, and the wheel fell immediately off as Kathleen tried to pull away. 
So uh, the opposite of being helpful. Yeah. Right. The Thanks, sir. Opposite. This is giving me very strong Red Riding Hood vibes. Yeah. Like a modern day Red Riding Hood. Like, on my I mean, way to grandma's house. Can you imagine? Mom. Yeah, except mom's house. Cause, like, can you imagine? Like, that just would spin me into a dimension of pissed off I've never been in my entire life. Oh, the wheel better. just came <laughs> off. Like, you told me you were going to help me and the wheel came off. It came off. Oh, oh! Yeah. You better be afraid of me. You more better than run I back to you. your car, dude, because I'm gonna get out of my car on the warpath. Like, plus she's already pregnant and probably not in a great mood. I'd be like, dude, you better get back to your car because I'm about to eat your face right now. Right. I am so gonna fuck your shit up in two <laughs> goddamn seconds. It was working just fine before you touched it. I'd be livid. I really, truly would. Furious. Like. Hell hath no fury like me, bitch. <laughs> like me when you fuck with the tire on my car, asshole. <laughs> Zodiac killer better be afraid of me. <laughs> bitch. Bitch. The man then offered her a ride to a gas station nearby, but the tone quickly shifted once she got into his car. He seemed to have much more sinister plans. The man drove her around the back roads for the next two hours, threatening to kill both her and her child. Johns described him as a white male, approximately 30 years old, 5'9 and 160 pounds. He had short dark hair and wore thick-rimmed glasses and dark clothing. Eventually, Kathleen grabbed her daughter and jumped from the car and got a ride back to town. Once she arrived at the police station to report the kidnapping, Johns spotted a wanted poster for the Zodiac Killer and identified him as the man who had accosted her and threatened to kill her. While she was lucky and escaped, authorities seemed unsure if this indeed had been the man she encountered. This was confirmed months later in a letter by the Zodiac himself. Thwarted from claiming another victim, he seemed resolute in further plots to taunt and torment the press and the authorities. It's worth noting here that uh, when he threatened to kill the baby, like he threatened to kill the baby before her, he said, uh, why don't I throw that baby out the window? Yeah. Which, someone that can think about that and yet is revolted by shooting school children. Yeah. <laughs> it's one of these things, not, not like, like the other. <laughs> They really couldn't be more stupid, could they? He fumed. Did they really think him serious about shooting school kids? He sat at his desk, taking a harsh swig from a bottle as he stared pointedly at the pen where it lay. He didn't think he'd have to lead them this far. Perhaps. Just a little further. This is the Zodiac speaking. By the way, have you cracked the last cipher I sent you? My name is... I hope you don't think I was the one who wiped out that blue meanie with a bomb at the cop station. Even though I talked about killing school children with one, it just wouldn't do to move in on someone else's territory. But there is more glory in killing a cop than a Sid. Because a cop can shoot back. I have killed ten people to date, it would have been a lot more except that my bus bomb was a dud. I was swamped out by the rain we had a while back. P.S. I hope you have fun trying to figure out who I killed. Zodiac 10, San Francisco Police Department, zero. Is it me or is he being chummy in these later letters? 
They almost turned into diary entries for him, it seemed. Like, ugh, gosh, my bomb was a dud. Such a bummer. <laughs> and all the rain we were having? Whew! Glad I was able to even get a couple more victims with the way the weather is. Ugh, but, you know, when you love what you do, you don't work a day in your life, am I right? Uh, you guys are the best friends a Zodiac could ever have. I love that you just <laughs> turned him into a... Vallejo. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, looked right at you. Got right on the same wavelength. <laughs> Vallejo. I mean, he does get really... I, again, because I don't think this guy has a lot of people, obviously, to talk to in his life, so he did get weirdly, like, familiar. Right. And uh, in the... What is it? The phone calls. He was very, very monotonous. However, the letters? Not as much. He's very conversational. He's very... Talking like a normal person. Like, oh, I'm swamped out by the rain we had. Well, and he also didn't have to worry about, like, because you can talk all you want in a letter and nobody's going to figure out, like, where you are. That's the thing is, like, you talk too much on the phone, they could could put a trace on it. Mm -hmm. They could back then. It took them a long time. Like, but if they held you on the phone long enough, they could do it. It took, like, 45 minutes or something astronomically ridiculous. (laughs) But being as talkative and chatty as he is, I'm sure it would have been hard to keep this guy on the phone for that long. Right. Um, he probably knows that about himself, right, too. Where to he go, was like, oh, you know what? I'll I can't just, do that no more. I'll just write this shit down and we'll get myself in trouble. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the buttons. He paced. The nub of a smoldering cigarette threatening to burn the calloused flesh on his fingers. Why would they not want to wear them? He took a drag off the cigarette and let the words of the news spewed from the television sink in. They were ignoring him, not taking him seriously. He hated that shit. Cigarette was snubbed out in a black ashtray on the desk as he sat down and picked up the pen. This is the Zodiac speaking. I have become very upset with the people of San Fran Bay area. They have not complied with my wishes for them to wear some nice Zodiac buttons. I promised to punish them if they did not comply by annihilating a full school bus, but now school is out for the summer, so I punished them another way. I shot a man sitting in a parked car with a 38. Zodiac 12. San Francisco Police Department, zero. The map coupled with this code will tell you where the bomb is set. You have until next fall to dig it up. So basically, he wrote a letter that said, uh, everyone's got buttons nowadays. There's buttons with little peace signs on them. This one's got a unicorn and it's super cute. How come I don't get any buttons? And make mine better than Melvin's. Melvin being the, the TV show host. Right. Yeah. He's <laughs> like, make mine better than Melvin's. That was his basically. only, that was his editorial note. And he's like, don't make mine ugly. Don't like make, his. Mine ugly. He's got ugly <laughs> buttons. <laughs> also like, is it, okay, no, it's not weird because I've explained it to myself. I would 100% wear a Zodiac button and not because I... Fan isn't the right word. Not because the Zodiac is my favorite serial killer, but probably because if he's walking around picking people off and I happen to be walking around by myself at night or something, and he comes across me, he's going to see the little button and just kind of go, we cool. We cool. Maybe. Or maybe he was looking for people people that were going to wear them. Because, I mean, you're wearing, you're literally wearing a crosshair. Right. Which is very, (laughs) very telling. But... I feel like you'd just be happy. Like, someone finally wore them. Oh, my God. I don't know if I want to take the over-under on that one. Yeah, I don't think I would either. <laughs> like, 
I guess like if by not wearing the button, you still kind of put yourself in the same position that everyone else is in. So yeah, I, I get that. Maybe just keep it in your pocket to be safe. So that way, if he Ooh. does find you, you're like, hey, hey, look, look, I got a button. I you're him, aren't you? Look, look what I got. <laughs> I took it off for a second. I just got my shirt dry clean. And watch him be like, you took it off? Gasp. <laughs> shoot, shoot, shoot. Pew, pew. Pew, pew, da-dow, da-dow. Can't fucking win with this dude. No, no. he's very, very finicky. Very, very emotional. <laughs> I just can't with you, buddy. The work waited. The clock was ticking. Tick. Talk. It was all starting to unravel. This is the Zodiac speaking. I'm rather unhappy because you people will not wear some nice Zodiac buttons. So I now have a little list, starting with the woman and her baby that I gave a rather interesting ride for a couple hours one evening a few months back that ended in my burning her car where I found them. Jesus, what kind of fucking Batman villain? <laughs> a little bit. This is some Riddler shit. He becomes super fixated on these fucking buttons for some time now and really pissed off when he doesn't see anyone wearing them. He's even like, what about wearing some nasty Zodiac buttons in a letter where he starts threatening to torture his slaves in paradise? This is after the other letters that came out. He was like, wear some nice Zodiac buttons. No, seriously, wear some nice Zodiac buttons. And nope, then the third no one, one was came doing out. it. <laughs> the third one came out and he started to stamp his feet a little bit. And he's like, well, what about some nasty Zodiac buttons? What about ones to say like Zodiac sucks on it? Would you wear that? <laughs> you probably wear that. Zodiac sucks. <laughs> like the um, Potter sucks buttons. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, uh, he starts threatening to torture his slaves in paradise, which we did not include in our reading, but it's still worth mentioning. It's in that letter that you can kind of tell the grip he thought he had on San Francisco's short hairs is mostly in his head, and he actually doesn't have too much control at all. And losing control, as we know here at this spooky show, pisses serial killers off big time. Oh yeah, they're control yeah. freaks to the max. Oh, 100%. Don't ever tell a serial killer no. They hate that. <laughs> Also, don't ever tell them they can't have dessert before dinner. I mean, they hate that too. I'm going to tell them all of those things, and then I will go out in a blaze of glory. But I went out telling that fucker no. <laughs> no, you may not have jello before your cheeseburger. You get out of that Bam freezer. Blam. You get out of that freezer, young man. You, you put that ice cream back. Don't you get a spoon. Don't you get a spoon. Oh, you're going to get it now. Oh, you little, you're going to get a whooping Zodiac. <laughs> I just imagine, like... You're laying there on your back all prone, and he's coming up on you to stab you, and you just reach over and grab a squirt bottle and spray him in his face no. going, no, 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 you stop it. You stop it, young man. Ooh, I just thought of another reference for the uh, the Zodiac button that we were talking about earlier. We're, like, keeping it in your pocket, and then, like, you're laying there, he comes up, he's about to stab you, and you just, like, pull it out, like, oh, look, I got a Zodiac button. It's very much like giving the temple guards a piece of the, uh, yeah. the little token that you have <laughs> in Legends go. of the Hidden Temple. And he goes... Shit, son of a bitch. <laughs> Just takes it all pissed off and storms off like, I can't kill you now. Stop, stop, stop. You better have another one when I see you again. <laughs> I'm coming back and you better have a second button. I ain't gonna save your ass next time. Right. Uh-uh. Very temple guard of him. <laughs> so in the letter we didn't include, he's kind of stamping his feet and throwing a bit of a temper tantrum. Just absolutely screeching. Well, if you don't do what I say, I'm just gonna... I'm gonna... I'll torture my slaves in paradise. Yeah, that's it. What do you have to say to that? That's right, you got nothing. Zodiac 1 million, San Francisco 0. Oh, snap, snap. <laughs> <laughs> it's 
getting very juvenile at this point. Like, it does feel very juvenile. It feels it's... like it's just an angry child writing to a parent who grounded them. I've seen those letters. Those are hilarious. Have a good day. I, I won't. won't. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite. That one's adorable. <laughs> just in all caps at the bottom, like huge capital letters. I, I won't. won't. <laughs> like you can tell that was written with a fist. Oh yeah, that, that pencil was full on held in a clenched fist. <laughs> yes. <laughs> They'd all remember his name. All of them. Dear editor, you'll hate me, but I've got to tell you. The pace isn't any slower. It's just one big thirteenth. Some of them fought. It was horrible. P.S. There are reports city police pig cops are closing in on me. I'm crack-proof. What is the price tag now? Another thing he liked to wonder was how much of a price was on his head. He actually asked this a few times in his letters. You know, what's the price up to now? Or something along those lines. Like, it was just another thing for him to use to stroke his ego, because he liked to stroke himself so damn yeah, much as we talked about. the only thing he was stroking, for hey. sure. Hey, but um bum but um His dripping pen. <laughs> he liked to stroke his dripping pen. You should get that looked at, dude. I'm pretty sure that's gonorrhea. Also, <laughs> is that what you're using to write to us? Ew. Ew. <laughs> Ew. I've lost all the W's in my head. I've said ew so much. <laughs> They're all gone. <laughs> They're all gone. <laughs> but also, if you looked at the uh, the scanned image of the pace card, which you can find on ZodiacKillerFacts.com, the setup of it is interesting and almost poetic. Go take it. Go take a look. Not take it. Don't, don't take, take it. it. <laughs> I'm pretty sure you look. can't get it, so <laughs> don't take it. Go take a look. <laughs> he sat back with a satisfied smile. They were hopeless. Afraid. The kill count grew, but he knew they'd never find them all. He'd been too smart for them. And now, every shadow that crept around every corner could be him. In their minds, he was everywhere. Every phantom that ever had been. Every demon from the seven hells that ever existed. Time to revel in infamy. Maybe even catch a movie. I saw and think The Exorcist was the best satirical comedy that I have ever seen. Signed, yours truly. He plunged himself into the billowy wave, and an echo arose from the suicide grove. Titwillow, titwillow, titwillow. P.S. If I do not see this note in your paper, I will do something nasty, which you know I'm capable of doing. Me, 37, SFPD, zero. Here we go again with the Anne Frank shit. I saw a movie. It was good. Wonder what I'm going to have for dinner tonight. What do you think, diary? Tee-hee. <laughs> and what the fuck is Tit Willow? It's like, that is, just, that is ridiculous poetry is what that is. That is right. like, that is 100% some stupid ass open mic poetry bullshit <laughs> that somebody that's an English major wrote at some point Tip thinking it was deep. Oh, so deep. I'm so deep. I say tit willow. He just wanted to say tit. Right. He just yeah. wanted an excuse to say tit three times. And then he was quite giggled while he wrote it. Like a schoolgirl. <laughs> tit. <laughs> Diary. I said tit willow. <laughs> Don't tell mom. 
looked it up. It doesn't mean anything. No, it's like one of those, it's like a, it's very much like a nonsense word, like Jabberwocky or like, like that sort of thing. Like Lewis Carroll invented kind of like, or Dr. Seussian kind of slang. At least they did it right. Yeah. This was a wrong, this was, this was the one example of doing that shit wrong. Yes. This is, don't stop inventing words. Just stop. Get some help. Stop. Get help. (laughs) anyways here's where we go back and do a little bit of poetic flexing it's things like this that make me want to believe that the riverside desk letter was in fact written by him but it's also a return to the basics for him since the button idea didn't work well what did work before how can i regain some form of control here let me go back to how i gained the control in the first place print this letter and if you don't i'll do something nasty by the way, it's Miss Zodiac if you're nasty. <laughs> Miss Zodiac if you're nasty. Boom. They were like, do we do we actually print? Do we actually call him that? No, don't actually fucking call him that. <laughs> Can I please call him Miss Zodiac? Can I please call him that. Please, 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 please. Like I said, if I worked at the paper, I'd be like, Can I write back? Please, 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 please. Miss Zodiac, put your fucking pen down. Stop it. <laughs> you stop that. If this happened like modern day, it would be very uh like message boardy. Yeah. <laughs> so just type back Miss Zodiac. This would be a motherfucker that had a live journal. You know he would have. Oh, 100%. You know he would have. And a Zanga. Oof. If you don't know what a Zanga is, you are too young. Like, he wouldn't even have a MySpace, <laughs> just a live journal. I'm trying to think. <laughs> it's not the one with the, like, little, um... I can't think of how to... The little, like pictures of like the girls and the guys that you pick like their hair and their clothes but it was oh a chat no room. no is that Cabo what... Hotel no this is all beyond me I have no idea what you're talking about I'll have to look it up at some point I remember like seeing like the um, banner advertisements all the time on websites uh-huh. uh huh so I'll have to look it up at some point because it's gonna bother me now Neopets Ooh. <laughs> the Zodiac... it's not on Neopets <laughs> the Zodiac would 100% have a Neopets account oh he would have <laughs> be like, no, I forgot to feed my Neopets. They're gonna die. <laughs> he would have had a Tamagotchi. He would have had Neopets. And then he would have, like, see, that's the thing. It's like, maybe if he had a Tamagotchi or, or these virtual things and, and let them die, maybe he wouldn't have killed people. Maybe that would have satisfied his need for... <laughs> right, like, maybe looking at, like, one of the Gigapet, uh, or not Giga, it's Giga. The Gigapet things where... There's a little angel in it. Yeah, it's got, like, the little angel wings on it because it died, and it's looking at you like, well, you did this. You fucked up. <laughs> you did this I don't me. know what you did, but you did something wrong. Maybe if he had that, he wouldn't have been such a dickhead. Maybe. He wouldn't have been such a dripping pen. <laughs> <laughs> Again, dude, that's a symptom. <laughs> Go to the clinic. Ugh. Is there a weird smell? If so... <laughs> I don't think you even want to get close enough to find out if there is one. No. It's dripping. That's not right. <laughs> <laughs> they call that discharge. Yeah. Gross. And you're nasty. And you're nasty. <laughs> and it is Miss Zodiac. You're nasty, so... Miss Zodiac. There would be more letters, more claims... It was honestly even hard for he himself to keep track of at times. Which voices were truly his? Which ones to listen closest to? There was always one present, just below the repetitive resonance of sensational newscasts. The one who was responsible. The one who directed the entirety of the performance. The one who wished to step out and take a bow. The one who was always demanding more. More blood more attention. There would always be more. 
news reports, cameras flashing, the hustling din of terror that surrounded the Zodiac while he watched from the shadows, secure in the annals of villainy, a fame that not even real movie stars or musicians could rival. But eventually the circus would fade as the cases went cold and he remained undiscovered. The chorus of voices dwindling slowly down to one. The one who had never left him, not even in his darkest moments. The one who seduced him, terrorized him, and had made him the most dangerous animal of all. Please help me. I cannot reach out for help because this thing in me won't let me. I'm finding it extremely difficult to hold it in check, and I'm afraid I'll lose control and take my ninth, possibly tenth, victim. Please help me. I'm drowning. So, it's interesting. One thing before I get to my actual notes on the please help me letter. Uh, one thing that's kind of worth mentioning, I didn't talk about it before because it's been debunked and in my head it's also debunked. They're saying that the Zodiac called in to the same person he addressed the letter to, which is Melvin, the uh, TV show host. Mm -hmm. uh, they're saying he called in and actually spoke to him. Everyone knows who it is. It's actually a, an inmate mm. at a, a mental facility. and He was just kind of digging around left unsupervised with yeah. the phone <laughs> somebody left him somebody left him in the office unsupervised with the phone and he just decided to have a little bit of fun i can't for the life of me remember his last name his first name was eric so god damn it someone left eric alone someone again eric left eric alone in the office with the phone <laughs> he's calling melvin again <laughs> we, i thought we blocked that number but yeah he says he claimed to be the zodiac but uh people actually came out the ones that have heard his voice and said nah he's way too whiny to be the zodiac mm. so that has been debunked but it's still worth mentioning. It's also interesting to see how frenzied his handwriting becomes based on the tone of his letters. In the letter where he's begging for help, if you look it up, you'll see the handwriting is very neat and straight compared to his frenzied slanted writing when he talks about killing. It's an interesting glimpse into the mind of someone who may not have always had complete control over their actions and thoughts. It's kind of like seeing someone with multiple personalities almost, and one of the personalities happened to take control for a brief shining moment and used it to beg for help. I think a very small, maybe almost minuscule part of him did actually want help. But how on earth can you end your suffering when there's a voice in your head that's literally preventing you from doing just that? It's not an abusive relationship or a friendship you can run away from, it's you. How can you run away from yourself? Spoiler alert, you can't. You can't. <laughs> she gets some therapy. You just gotta... Some medicine. Get some meds. Yeah. Or, you know, blammo. Do or, that. Or <laughs> <a> blammo. <laughs> meds or blammo. Meds or blammo. <laughs> Coming to you soon on ABC. <laughs> meds or blammo. Friday it's nights a new game on, show. Yeah, Friday nights on NBC. <laughs> so that's about it, right? So, and then we did that letter. The last one was sent way before the other ones. We just did that one kind of out of order as emphasis to kind of show that maybe he was conflicted. Yeah, maybe he was actually a person. He's not this big demonic entity. He was a person who was very fucked up fucked and up very, person. very sick. Yes, very much so. Whoever he happened to be. Which we don't know, which we're going to get into that right now. And we're going to get into some of the 
people that are suspected to be the Zodiac. Oh, indeed. Starting first with Ed Edwards. (laughs) That is unfortunate. I'd kill people too. (laughs) I would. I would also. Edward Edwards. (laughs) Edward Edwards. Mom, really? I'm like, take this out on everyone else. I've got mommy issues already. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I can't say his name without laughing. Uh, His name is Edward Wayne Ed Edwards. That's a lot of Eds. Edward yeah. Wayne Edwards. That's Ed, Ed, and Eddie. <laughs> <laughs> All in one name. <laughs> do, 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 do. <laughs> Edward Wayne Edwards. Okay, so Ed, that's, Ed, and Eddie, where was he born? Yeah, that's so fun <laughs> to say. <laughs> Ed, and Eddie was born in <laughs> Charles Murray oh, so in Akron, why Ohio. Why would you change wait. it from Charles Murray to the too many Eds? Wait, wait. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> Oh, that just blew a hole in my theory of him having fucking mother issues. The, cur- the curtain has pulled away and I, I mean, don't I like guess what I see did. now. Maybe he did and was like, shit, I'm just going to rename myself something better. Edward Edwards. That's yeah, that's he better. Could come up with. Wow. That's miserable. Just wow. Like, whether or not you're the Zodiac Killer, you are interesting, yes. Mr. Ed, Ed, and Eddie. He was a convicted serial killer who confessed to murdering five people, but is believed to have killed more. I hadn't heard of Edwards until recently in researching new leads on the Zodiac case, but some may know him as the man behind the 1980 Sweetheart murders. Aw, that sounds cute. I mean, it wasn't. (laughs) I'm sure it wasn't. It wasn't, but that sounds cute. Aw, sweetheart. Edwards was not arrested or convicted of his crimes until 29 years after they occurred, and he was only caught when he was because his daughter had a strange gut feeling that her father had a dark past. But her suspicion of Edwards did not end in 2010 when he confessed to the murders of five people, nor did it end when he died in 2011, of natural causes, sadly, and not to the death penalty which he was slated for. No, Edwards' daughter believed that her father may have been the Zodiac. Let's look at the evidence, and you, Spooky Nation, can make that call. Also, your kid called you out. Yeah, yeah. I'll be the fuck out. You're sold out by your kid. My dad was always weird. I think he killed people. Basically, <laughs> like, in all of her interviews, she's like, I just, I would always wake up in the middle of the night and, like, as an adult and, like, look up the places where we lived and see if there were any, like, crimes or murders or things like that because I just had this gut feeling that my dad was not a good guy. And I'm like, that's so Maybe you weird. have the issues yeah, maybe, here. <laughs> speaking of issues. Maybe you've got problems. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> bitch got more issues than a magazine subscription. <laughs> My dad used to go outside with uh, socks and sandals on. It was awful. It was awful. To also, be... he drinks normal milk. He's a criminal. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, he did end up being a serial killer. So I guess like her gut feeling wasn't wrong. It's just weird that like yeah, that's weird that that you would just like start doing this sort of preemptive detective work on your dad, assuming that you're just like I just don't know. He's up to no good. Right. <laughs> I don't like him. I don't know why I don't like him. I'm gonna like him. him. He's your dad, though. I don't care. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like I've got pretty fam, uh, pretty strong family ties. If my dad's a serial killer, first of all, he's hiding it really well. <laughs> Second of all, I got you, Dad. It's fine. I got your back. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> Edwards is known to have lived in NorCal during the '60s and bore a resemblance to the composite sketch of the Zodiac. His daughter stated that her father was obsessed with the Zodiac case. Hey. Called out. <laughs> Called the fuck out. I've, 
been studying this since I was 12 years old. <laughs> Used to bring the book, the bright yellow Robert Graysmith Zodiac book with me to middle school and no one said a damn thing about it. Imagine that. Not to you because they were pretty sure you were going to murder them. Yeah. Oh yeah, true. They're but like, like, she's the Zodiac. <laughs> they were just like, the whisper, there were a whole lot of whispers behind your back though, I'm sure. Oh, I'm, I guarantee it for other reasons, but. <laughs> to the school counselor, to, you know. Who I was friends with. <laughs> but like, Teachers didn't say anything to me. They came up, saw that it was like a serial killer book, and just kind of went, eh, whatever, that's fine. Nowadays, Vegas. that would not yeah. happen. No. Yeah, Vegas school systems are fucking weird. Well, this was also pre-Columbine, so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So she stated that her father was obsessed with the Zodiac case, like I said, and that her father would, quote, make the children watch videos about the Zodiac killer while screaming, that's not how it happened. I like he was armchair quarterbacking Zodiac videos. Yes. Weird. I was like, nope, ain't how it happened. That's not how it went down. That's how I imagine it. Just nope. Dad, Dad, how do you know? I'm just not saying it. Was, that's just not how it went down. Very much like uh, Eustace from Courage the Cowardly Dog. Nope. nope. Ain't getting out of this chair. <laughs> that's it. Get me mallet. <laughs> What's your offer? <laughs> Is it possible that Edwards was the Zodiac? Well, I mean, I suppose most things are possible at this point, but I'm not entirely convinced. Aside from some Redditor on r slash Unresolved Mysteries stating that Edwards and the Zodiac shared the same MO and Edwards' daughter's accusations, plus the fact that he lived in Northern California during the 60s, there's no real proof other than that that links him to the Zodiac killings. Also, as many will point out, John Cameron, a criminal investigator, has tried to link Edwards to a myriad of murders, such as, but not limited to, John Bonet, Lacey Peterson, and Elizabeth Short. So he's <laughs> the one that is mostly behind, like, yes, it's, it's John a, Edwards. That's a, or Ed Edwards. That's a spectrum. <laughs> that yeah. is. Also, he kidnapped the Lindbergh baby, and yeah. uh, Amelia Earhart didn't go missing. Yeah. She was kidnapped. <laughs> He threw her out of an airplane. Also, he's D.B. Cooper. He crashed the Hindenburg. <laughs> he sank the Titanic. Yeah, he's basically throwing whatever he can at this guy just to Hoping see what it sticks. sticks. And he started the Chicago fires. Yeah. He was Mrs. O'Leary's cow, damn it. <laughs> Some have even tried to link him to making a murderer subject Stephen Avery. For right now, with the amount of evidence there is, or you know, lack thereof, I'm not really buying what John Cameron and April Belasco's claim are claiming. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not really buying just, that either. Know, it's just the fact that he looked similar and he armchair quarterbacked <laughs> videos. Like, yeah, like it makes him a weird dude and obviously he did kill people, but I don't think that necessarily makes him the Zodiac. Yeah, like There's a lot of the, flimsy. <laughs> a lot of the suspects on this list have done shit. They're none of them are innocent. Yeah. But are they the Zodiac? Are they? Is it though? Especially, it though? like, okay, so one other person you might think that he was involved with, cool, but if there's, like, a list of 15 people that you think that this guy is involved with, <laughs> you're losing credibility Yeah, there. like, I feel like once you start stacking on these claims of, like, all these really famous... And they're all high-profile. High-profile cases... That, like, dude, you're starting to... The more you claim that, the more it's starting to sound ridiculous. And on top of all that, he wrote, directed, and starred in The Room. Oof. <laughs> you should be in jail just for that. Just I, kidding. 
I we love, love the room. <laughs> oh, hi, Tommy Wiseau. Oh, hi, Mark. <laughs> oh, hi, Mark. I didn't hit her. I did not. Oh, hi, Mark. I hit her. <laughs> I hit her. <laughs> oh, hi, Gumbo. <laughs> oh, hi, Zodiac. <laughs> hey, San Francisco. It is San Francisco. Hey, San Francisco. Tommy Wiseau. Nope. Nope. Not throwing that out there. No, please don't make that claim. <laughs> Not throwing that out there. Although there are claims that he is D.B. Cooper. I like that I can see. I definitely He does kind of look like that. the sketches. Yeah. <laughs> he does. Just with longer hair. <laughs> Another suspect that we have is Donald Lee Bujok. 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 That sounds like, <laughs> that sounds like a sneeze. That sounds like a chicken. Bujok. <laughs> I was like that. I was like, it sounds like a chicken or a chicken sneeze. As long as the chicken's wearing pants, right? Yes, of course. Don't get him started on the chicken pants, please. <laughs> oh, wait until you get to my notes. Oh, God. Oh, wait. <laughs> oh, bitch. Oh, bitch. Before we get to that, <laughs> let's harken back real quick to the Lake Berryessa attack. The Zodiac told the couple that he had just escaped from prison in either Colorado or Montana. Remember? Well, researcher Kevin Robert Brooks took this small statement and built a circumstantial case that put Donald Lee Bajok at the center of the Zodiac case. Bajok was released from Deer Lodge Penitentiary, located in Montana, in 1968 after serving 11 years for killing a sheriff's deputy. So, oh, see, he didn't shoot the sheriff, but he shot, he the, shot deputy. the deputy. Yeah. So, reversed. Gotcha. <laughs> Brooks stated that inmates, quote, said Bajok had talked about killing people to make them slaves in the afterlife, which was also mentioned in one of the Zodiac's letters. Right. He claimed that the Halloween card that was sent to Paul Avery, quote, depicted harsh conditions at the prison and the boo on the inside referenced Bajok's name. <laughs> That's now, a stretch. That is such a huge stretch. Now, if you had drawn a picture of a chicken on it, yeah. I would say Bajok! <laughs> I would say maybe you had a case. You do one of those handprint turkeys on it. It me. It me. (laughs) With a little arrow. If it was anything other than a Halloween card, I would maybe, maybe try to give you the benefit of a doubt. But it's it's a a Halloween card. card. And it says boo on it. Oh, imagine that. A Halloween card that says boo. Weird. (gasps) That never happens. Like if it was an Easter card that said boo. Okay, maybe. Right. It's, it's either you or Jesus. So. Yeah. <laughs> then it's just Easter cards at my house. That's true. <laughs> he is risen. Boo. Boo. <laughs> Another supposed connection lied with one of the Zodiac ciphers. Bujok was discharged from the army for mental health reasons, and Brooks claimed that the markings on some of the Zodiac's envelopes spelled out, Zodiac is a veteran with 4F and speculated that the cross-circle symbol, which became the Zodiac signature, was, quote, inspired by the helicopter landing pad at Fort Ord, California, where Bujok was stationed. Or it could be a crosshairs, like, on a fucking rifle scope. Because he was hunting. Because he was hunting. Right. It's kind of common. It's I, like how did boo you, on a Halloween how, card. Exactly. <laughs> how did you get from, like, crosshairs to helicopter, helicopter pad? pad. <laughs> And why would he draw a helicopter pad? Without the helicopter, like, draw a little helicopter, like, pew, 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 this is you, and pew, 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 pew. Stop it. Get some help. Yeah, like, dude, he's too far down the rabbit hole on this one. A little. Ultimately, despite all the other stuff seeming completely wackadoodle. Despite the boo? No. <laughs> oh, I thought for sure that that, that means Slap we had our Slap the cuffs on guy. and boo, that's it. <laughs> and when you do it, say boo. <laughs> Jock. Boo. 
<laughs> the reason that he was rolled out as a suspect was because his fingerprints did not match those that belie- were believed to belong to the Zodiac. Not everything else. Not all the other stuff. <laughs> not all the other bullshit. His fingerprints. <laughs> not helicopter pad. Okay. Continue. Oh, oh, oh okay. <laughs> also, um, the park ranger at Lake Berryessa claims that Hartnell said that the man was released from a prison in Colorado. Not Montana, but there's still that speculation, so eh. Because, granted, Hartnell was stabbed seven times, so <laughs> we can forgive him if his memory and his statements don't quite line up. Yeah, he's probably, con- you know, concentrating on not dying. Right, like, yeah. what do you mean you don't remember? I mean, I don't remember. remember. I was I kind was of stabbed. focused on not bleeding out, so excuse me if I got my states fucked up, Shit, if Marjorie. I'm, <laughs> right, if I'm stabbed one time, I'm probably gonna forget a couple of key yeah, bits of information. details, you know. Probably just a little. Just go into panic mode. But six more times. Yeah. <laughs> so if we're to believe the ranger and the man was in prison in Colorado, Bajok was released three days prior to the Lake Herman Road killings. And it would be quite difficult to cross three states in three days to commit those murders. So unlikely that he committed them. What do you guys think? No. Yeah, no. <laughs> Helicopter pad. No. no. <laughs> that is a resounding boo. 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 No. <laughs> and by boo, we mean no. Boo. I would love, though, if he actually was the Zodiac mm. and that he signed it boo. And he by, was like, I'm so clever. I'm oh. so clever. Look at me. They're never going to figure this and out. Then, we, we say a resounding boo, as in boo, this suspect sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Big time. But if you think that one sucks, the next one. The next one gets gets, gets booier. <laughs> gets booier and stickier. And I don't know, it's it it gets it takes a turn. It, it does. takes a turn, y'all. Especially when the ice cream melts. It's true. And it's <laughs> <laughs> So the next one, which everyone a lot of people have, are familiar with because there have been several books slash documentaries on this particular suspect is Earl Van Best. So this one's actually more of a recent discovery, Spooky Nation. A book titled The Most Dangerous Animal of All by Gary Stewart hit bookshelves in 2014, and on the surface painted a portrait of a man trying to find his biological father. The same kind of touchy-feely crap you see on Lifetime. Or on Oprah. (laughs) Or or definitely Oprah. I think it did end up on Oprah, didn't it? I think he was on her show. Was he? This book, I think. Yeah. Oh, I missed that. Yeah, like, I think it was part of the documentary that, like, he got a whole bunch of news coverage because of this book. Dude. Like, a ton. You should have gone on Maury. You are the father. (laughs) Wait, he's dead. Never mind. He's your father. He died in 84. Oh, wait. Well, we can't actually prove that. Never mind. (laughs) Gary Stewart claims that in the search for his father, he discovered something rather gruesome. His father, Earl Van Best Jr., was the notorious Zodiac killer. So how did we get here? How did we get from A to Z for Zodiac, motherfucker? <laughs> it's not A to B, it's A to Z. Oh, he did a leap. This is a big yeah, quantum leap. For sure. <laughs> Having grown up with severe abandonment issues, the book recounts how Stuart was driven by these issues to seek out his biological parents and his true identity. In 2002, he reconnected with his birth mother, Jude Guilford, who revealed the name and story as she knew it of his birth father to him for the first time. Van Best met Guilford when, brace yourselves, she was 14 years old and was getting off a school bus. He she won't kidding. shoot a kid, but he'll but he'll Dumb. fuck one. <laughs> Spoiler alert. I don't shoot. Nope. I'm not saying <laughs> don't. that. <laughs> I'm not saying that. 
I don't shoot kids. Put that word back in your mouth. <laughs> I just don't shoot kids. <laughs> we just, we'll just leave that at that. He was 27 at the time, making this whole thing ugh, yucky. Yucky. I feel like I need a shower. Ew. I'm not okay with this no. at all. Once again, let's go buy up all the hand sanitizer. <laughs> just douse myself in it. I'm just going to bathe in it. He followed her day after day, just in case you needed another fact to make your skin crawl. So pedo and a stalker mm-hmm. yay like where this is going those are cute i don't those are cute, actually cute traits I, to have i hate this did i say cute i meant horrible <laughs> I, I hate this <laughs> so he followed her around until she agreed to go on to an ice cream parlor with him on like an ice cream social date like on like a date like kids like ice cream right <laughs> oh the way you said that i don't like that anymore <laughs> kids these days i didn't like it to begin with <laughs> Kids, kids like ice cream, right? Oh, God. Oh, I can the just... fact that he had to sit there and think, what do children like? Yeah, that's how a, can I talk that, to her? That's a that's how you know this is wrong. That is 100% not that's even your you first know. indication. That's how you know. That's not even your first indication no, that something is The first indication here. was her getting off of a fucking school bus. Ew, dude. And he You're went, almost 30. Mm. Ugh. Ugh. So that's when these two started a highly illegal relationship. We can't stress that highly illegal enough. In all caps. Highly illegal and highly yucky. And highly gross. It's icky. Disgusting. <laughs> surprise, surprise. Guilford's parents were not too keen on their 14-year-old daughter hanging out with a near 30-year-old man. No. How, you know. Good, good parents. parents. Good parents. <laughs> parenting the way they should. Parenting done right, y'all. For now. Especially one who looked at a child coming off a school bus and thought, ooh, I'm going to ch- follow that child until she agrees to become my bride. <laughs> child bride. Ooh. <laughs> Isn't that another Lifetime movie? Probably. Child bride. That sounds, that sounds right. sounds about right. So they turned him into the police. Once he was released, Van Best immediately came back because why wouldn't you? Apparently he's a pedo that doesn't also doesn't learn lessons well. And he's a rash. <laughs> Because Teenage Rebellion is an evil, evil monster, Guilford agreed to run away with him. Right. We all been there. Like, we have all been teenagers making stupid-ass decisions. Right. Their romance was publicized in San Francisco newspapers as the, quote, ice cream romance. I hate how they tried to spin this to being cute. Yeah. It's statutory rape. Yeah. Exactly. It's, it's a literal case of ki- kidnapping and statutory rape. Like, oh, let's put a cute little name to go with it. And they had a picture in the paper, I think, of them, too. Like, they did. They did. And I was like, you're trying to, like, sell this and package this in an acceptable way. And I don't know what upsets me more. The fact that this got to this point or the fact that you're trying to package this in a nice way. There's nothing nice about this. No. It's all icky. <laughs> So the two ended up in Louisiana, and Van Best eventually revealed his true colors. Because, duh. She recalls being abused, forced to prostitute herself, even while heavily pregnant with Van Best's child. Once the child, Stuart, was born, Jude was beginning to reach her breaking point. Van Best didn't lift a single finger to help with the baby. As a matter of fact, Jude recounts a story about how she came home from work and he had locked the baby in a footlocker simply because he had cried. All these baby daddies ain't shit. (laughs) <laughs> These like, men ain't shit. Like, yeah, but seriously, like, did you expect a creepy stalker pedo that doesn't learn lessons to be any kind of good parent? No. Like, why would this shock you at all? I wouldn't want a creepy stalker pedo anywhere near my kid. <laughs> no. <laughs> at no. all. 
This, even if it's his kid. Yeah, like, like no, we're getting your kid taken away from you. I'm sorry. You're getting everything taken away from I'm you. Not, you should have I'm everything taken away You know what? Yeah, I take that back. I'm not sorry either. <laughs> you should have everything taken from you. You should. You should have your balls taken from you. I agree. The ice cream romance officially went into meltdown mode. (laughs) 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 See what you did there. That Guilford came home and her infant son was nowhere to be found. When uh, Van Best had abandoned him and refused to tell her where. She ran away, resulting in Van Best calling the cops on Guilford, which led to their capture and expedition back to San Francisco. Well, you left. I'm going to call the cops. Like, that shouldn't she have been calling the fucking cops she on you? She should have called him the, uh, the cops on him the entire fucking time. Right? Like, all you have to do is call the cops and say, hey, I'm 15 at this point. She was yeah. 15. And uh, this guy's 28. Yeah, and he won't let me leave. I'm, si- I'm sitting here thinking, I'm 28. I have nothing in common with anybody who's like below 25 no i mean honestly like even hearing uh, anyone under that like talk like in their early 20s or teens makes me want to blow my fucking head off oh my god it sets my teeth on edge i want to slit my wrist so i'm like i have no idea like how there could have been but then again i'm also not a garbage person no so maybe there's, there's, there's a co-worker that. that like all the slang that people use now like mm-hmm. oh this slaps and this is that, oh, that. i'm like <laughs> I would look at her sometimes, because sometimes I could infer it, and then other times I'm like, speak English. What the fuck are are you you talking about? Like, what did you just say to me? I don't understand. I need a translator. I need a Pimsleur. I need fucking Duolingo. Gen Z. How do I speak child? (laughs) That's how I knew I was old. That's 100% what what Earl Van Best's Google search would be. How do I speak child? (laughs) Ice cream. Ice cream. cream. How to crime. How to crime. Have you ever crimed? (laughs) He has a book that's called How to Crime. Was it written in crayon? (laughs) Green crayon. Yes. (laughs) Yes, actually. So her parents stated that she could come home, but the baby couldn't. So it wouldn't be until 2002 that Jude Guilford was reunited with her long lost son. Guilford was sent to a reform school while Van Best was sent to prison. He died in 1984. Not soon enough. Right. But what does this have to do with the Zodiac? Well, here it is. After his first stint in prison, Van Best was visited by none other than Paul Avery, who would end up being the lead journalist in the Zodiac case. Avery did a piece about the ice cream romance, which painted Van Best in an extremely humiliating light. Pretty sure he did well that. As it should be. Pretty sure he did that enough on his own. Yeah, like, dude, you had, like, it's like, you, you fucked up yourself enough by yourself yeah you i know? feel like he just wrote the truth down. yeah like how is like, that humiliating? humiliating like you did something awful and stupid you you played yourself congratulations <laughs> you did you this. played yourself <laughs> you humiliated me you said that i went on an ice cream date with a baby <laughs> because you, you did. did you did marty you, you did, did. <laughs> Gary Stewart claims that this was his motivation for going after Avery as well as everyone else at the paper when he eventually became the Zodiac Killer. He said that the timeline adds up, including Van Best's death in 1984, his violent tendencies towards women, and even the composite sketch. There's definitely no question about it. We have to give it to him on this one. Earl Van Best does look almost identical to the famous composite sketch, from his face shape to his hair to his glasses. If one were to compare the sketch to Earl Van Best's picture, it would be difficult to discredit him completely. 100%. I remember when the book came out, actually, uh, seeing it on bookshelves, and I had to do, like, this might have been my very first pentatake. The what? What? I almost gave myself whiplash. (laughs) Because, like I mentioned before, uh, I've been absolutely fascinated by this case since I was about 12 years old, which is 
really interesting and makes me look real interesting. <laughs> Considering most uh, middle school students were talking about, like, I don't know, what do middle school students talk about? Boys, stupid shit. Stupid shit like boys, and I was into serial killers. Those, like, jelly bracelets. <laughs> Those, yeah. Stickers, How... and, stickers and ponies and, and lip gloss and myspace.com. <laughs> 100% that, and I was into I was into serial killers. But that goes beyond it. Anyways, uh, having spent a lot of time with this case and basically having the composite sketch burned into my memory, I really had to sit and stare at that book. And I was like, oh shit, he might have something here. Uh, I mean, no, yeah, looking but... at it on the surface, <laughs> definitely. When you see the picture of him, it's like, it's, it's uncanny, the resemblance to the sketch and it's, it's creepy looking. So it's like, I, I, I also had to give it to him on the face of this when I like looked at it just on the surface. But as soon as you start kicking past the surface that's when shit starts to kind of fall apart yeah peeling back the onion layers yeah um so his theory was completely ignored almost immediately when he brought it to the attention of former investigators and the chronicle in a docuseries based on his book of the same name gary stewart continues to insist that his father was the zodiac and that the police were withholding information from him when he went searching for answers as if there was something they didn't want him to see but when they go further into it in the documentary as well, in the docuseries, they kind of start peeling the layers of the onion and going like, and the claims he's making about like, one of the claims he makes is that the fingerprint found on the cab door on Paul Stein's cab, he goes, well, that was, it had a, a scar in it. There was a scar in the fingerprint and my father had a scar on his left I think he says it's his left index finger. And he yeah. goes, so that had to have been his hand. That had to have been, he was like, case closed, done. Or, I mean, people just use their hands and well, get cuts on them. And then what? Then the guy comes back. So then the docu, the documentarians went to interview the people who collected the evidence and went to interview, like, the police and stuff like that because they seemed to be able to get a little further. And the guy who looked at the fingerprint went, well, this fingerprint's reversed. Like, this yeah. fingerprint's actually backwards. Like, the way they took the photo, it's like, it's actually inverted. So this would have been a right hand, mm -hmm. not a left hand. So a lot of the stuff he was hanging his hat on very quickly crumbled. And a matter of fact, the person he wrote the book with, who was a well-known true crime author and a very respected true crime author, kind of got pissed and kind of, like, pulled back very much after the fact, after the book was published. Once a lot of this, these... um contraindications and contradictions that he was making to these claims were coming out. Like he said, he talked to these people. It turned out he never talked to them. Right. He interviewed these people, turned out he never did and just went off of some other thing. So it was, there were a lot of claims that were being made by him that basically had nothing to back them up. Right. If I were the other author, uh, I'd be pretty pissed too. Like that's, yeah. it that's basically my ruined, reputation. It did. And it ruined, it took her credibility and her reputation took a very severe hit from this. Exactly. And I would, oof. It's almost like having somebody try to fix your tire and then immediately it falls off. Yeah, I'd be pissed. <laughs> oh, yeah. We'd be fighting. Spin me into a dimension of pissed off I've never been before in my life. <laughs> you ruined my reputation. We're fighting. <laughs> we couldn't go through something about the Zodiac suspects without talking, of course, about Arthur Lee Allen. ALA for short. <laughs> He's not. He's not. <laughs> <laughs> Arthur Lee Allen was born in Honolulu, Hawaii in 1933. He grew up in Vallejo and pretty much lived there most of his life. After graduating from Vallejo College in 1957, he decided to join the Navy. However, he was dishonorably discharged in 1958, barely a year later. 
1968, he was fired from his job as a teacher because he was molesting school children. Ugh. Yeah, here we fucking go again. Here we go. <laughs> here the fuck we go. I've he heard was... this story, and I don't like it. Yeah, I've heard this story a million times just packaged differently. Zero out of ten. Would not recommend. Would not recommend. Zero stars. <laughs> He was also arrested in 1974 for molestation and served his sentence at Atascadero State Hospital until 1977. So whether or not he was the Zodiac Killer, he was a piece of shit. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, for sure. Definitely a piece of shit. Yeah, like I mentioned before, like none of these people are innocent. Okay. <laughs> he was known as the prime suspect for the Zodiac, but did not become publicly known as a suspect until the release of Robert Gray Smith's book simply titled Zodiac. This was the book I was talking about earlier. Most of the evidence against Allen is considered to be circumstantial. However, there is a pretty large amount of evidence making it difficult to just simply brush it all off as coincidence. Seriously, listen to some of this shit. It gets real banana sandwich up in here. As real Gwen goddamn Stefani quick. would say, it gets B-A-N-A-N-A-S bananas. Bananas. <laughs> this shit gets bananas. This shit bananas. So first of all, here's some of the direct evidence. Both of the surviving victims, Mike Majot and Brian Hartnell, were able to identify him. Majot picked Alan out of a lineup, and Hartnell said that his voice and physical appearance were similar to the Zodiac. As for the more circumstantial evidence, Alan talked to a friend of his, Don Chaney, hopefully no relation, hopefully not, <laughs> about possibly writing a novel where he would kill couples, taunt police with letters detailing his crimes, and that he would sign the letters with the cross symbol from his watch, which was a Zodiac watch, given to him by his mother, by the way. That's a little on the nose. This yeah. is extremely on the nose. Like, this is... To be perfectly honest, I'm pretty sure this is the guy. I'm, I have, yes. One of the agree. guys. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Cheney stated that Alan's book character would sometimes wear makeup to change his appearance and that he wanted to call himself Zodiac. So even more on the yeah. nose. <laughs> he even said he would fool women into stopping their cars by telling them there was a problem with their tires. After offering his assistance, he would loosen the lug nuts and kidnap them when they pulled over to check the tires themselves. Pretty much how it happened. That is how that all rolled out. So basically, he said, I want to write a book, and here's all of my crimes. It's it's called How to Crime. It is called How How to to Crime. crime. By Zodiac. By Zodiac. By Zodiac. Crossed out with Arthur. (laughs) Smiley face. (laughs) A little smiley face face in the the O. The The smiley face in the middle of the crosshairs. (laughs) Awful. Terrible. Also circumstantial, Alan lived in Vallejo near where the Blue Rock Springs and Lake Herman Road murders happened. He also took his only sick day from work on November 1st, 1966, which was only two days after Sherry Jo Bates' murder on October 30th. That's another one that like, we're pretty sure is attributed to him. Mm-hmm. If it's not a Zodiac murder and if, it's not, if he's not the Zodiac killer, he at least did that. Right, he did right. that one. For damn sure. Yeah. Alan also expressed to another friend of his that he was fascinated with the idea of killing people because apparently that's all people back then talked to their friends about. No one talked I mean, about the game or like that's I don't all know. I talked to my friends about the what fucking if, weather. How about them dolphins? I don't know. Like, dude, like something, anything, please. <laughs> Just stop talking about killing people. You're yeah, making it really difficult con- to sift through suspects. Yeah, what constituted a small talk back then? Jesus. Like, they're all just, like, hanging out together, just totally quiet. So, did you kill anyone this weekend? <laughs> you know, I'd love to, but... <laughs> Sharon's got the kids, and I just, I don't yeah, know. I just don't know. It's a hassle. We have to get a sitter, and, like, ugh, it's a whole thing. It's just a terrible thing. And then what if there are witnesses? Then we have to take care of them. Ugh, and then just... that makes me the bad guy, you know, Ooh, yet again. I'm always the bad guy. Ooh. <laughs> but, yeah, this is a different friend, by the way. 
Like he's not talking to Don Chaney again. He's talking okay. to another Some, someone unnamed else. friend. Gotcha. Um, yeah, if Arthur Lee Allen is any indication here, that's all people like to fucking talk about. <laughs> Maybe that's just all he liked to talk yeah. about. I like killing people because it is very fun to do. They're like, okay, Arthur, anyway. <laughs> Arthur, I just asked you how your day was going. Yeah, it's more fun than killing wild game in the forest because man is the most dangerous animal of all to kill. Arthur, for fuck's sake, you do this all the time. You do this all the time. <laughs> this is why we don't invite you to things. <laughs> like Marty's wedding. This is why, Arthur. This is this why. This is why. <laughs> And on that note, actually, he said he believed people were more of a challenge to kill than animals because humans were more intelligent. I beg to differ. (laughs) I respectfully disagree. (laughs) Less respectfully, I very strongly disagree. Humans are not more intelligent than animals. They are not. Not sorry. (laughs) In connection to this, during his questioning by police, Alan stated that his favorite book was The Most Dangerous Game, which was alluded to in one Zodiac correspondence. Starting to see why they didn't catch the Zodiac if questions they're asking suspects is shit like, So, what's your favorite book? Do you, do like, you, do you uh, like bread? <laughs> what's, what's your favorite color? <laughs> do you uh, have an affinity for circles with lines going through them? Do you, I fucking love circles with lines going through them. <laughs> they were just like, so do you like stuff? Stuff? <laughs> Apparently they were yes. interviewed by by Ralph Wiggum. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a cop now. <laughs> I'm Al- in danger. <laughs> I'm in danger. Alan also mentioned being interested in a waitress at the IHOP in Vallejo, which is the same place Darlene Farron worked as a waitress. Also, a man named Lee used to talk to Farron. Arthur Lee Allen. Not hard to put together who was chatting her up here. True. Mm-hmm. And I do think he actually admitted to knowing her mm-hmm. later on as well. Get this shit. He also admitted to having bloody knives in his possession on the day of the attack in Berryessa, but he said that they were used to kill chickens. Uh-huh. 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 Dude, you don't have to kill them. Just put pants on them. It'll solve all of your problems, I swear. Or just pick them up and inhale them. <laughs> just... <laughs> That's some good chicken. <laughs> Damn good chicken. <laughs> but, like, I love it. Basically... You're the killer. We know you're yeah. the killer. You're covered in blood. We saw you standing over the bodies. We watched you do it. And then he just went into a chorus of Shaggy's, it wasn't me. And wasn't apparently me. that was it. They were like, wasn't okay, me. well, it wasn't you. Maybe it wasn't you. Said you caught with some knives. Wasn't, wasn't me. me. Saw you start. <laughs> so hang on. Saw you stabbing Darlene Farron. Wasn't, wasn't me. me. <laughs> Even caught you with a gun. Wasn't, wasn't me. me. <laughs> So Karen Allen, his sister-in-law, also told police that Allen often did little idiosyncrasies similar to that of the Zodiac, such as spelling Christmas with two S's. See, I told you it comes back around. All, all that back ass. Around. All that ass. <laughs> just, it all loops back around, just like that ass. Yes. <laughs> all that Christmas. <laughs> Throw that ass in a circle. <laughs> he threw it back. <laughs> There's a lot more evidence against Alan, but for the sake of time, I'll end with this. In 1991, during a search of Alan's home, the police found bomb diagrams, as well as ingredients used to make the bombs that had been mentioned in the Zodiac letters. Now, to be fair, the letters were published, so this information was out to the public. But that's fucking weird. That's yeah. Weird. That's, that's a weird coinky dink. Especially, like, the bloody knives, and you knew Darlene Farron, and you were, like, going to the IHOP every other day to talk to her, and pretty much stalking her, and, like... Coupled you, with you all, you were the, in the area like a lot, and it's like dude, there's just too many 
coupled with him talking here. to Cheney, like, oh yeah, I'm writing this quote unquote book. book. <laughs> this fictional character. It's fictional. quote unquote not a biography, so please don't go to the cops on me. <laughs> <laughs> now, this isn't me. This is the Zodiac speaking. Oh shit. Oh shit. <laughs> I mean, uh. Oh fuck. I mean, uh. <laughs> So on the opposite end of the spectrum, here's the evidence against Alan that assisted in him never being officially charged for the Zodiac murders. Fingerprints and palm prints did not match. Remember, Zodiac said he dipped his fingers in airplane cement to coat them, but said nothing whatsoever about his palms. So a palm print was found on the phone he used after the killing of Brian and Cecilia, but it was never matched to any suspect. In addition, his DNA didn't match, his handwriting was not a match, though I could see someone disguising their handwriting to further throw police off the trail, like Zodiac was so fond of doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, he did not wear glasses, and he was older than descriptions depicted him with gray and black hair. It was also nighttime most of the it time. It was nighttime. Were seeing yeah. Him. So, like, I mean, I look best at night. You know, <laughs> I mean, out and, of direct sunlight. And, and here's the thing, if he talked Ow. about, he did talk about where he would wear disguises or makeup, or basically, it's not completely out of the realm of possibility that he would have put on fake glasses right to disguise his appearance much like clark kent and apparently nobody can figure out that's fucking superman because of the fucking glasses (laughs) oh my god superman's the zodiac oh god superman is the zodiac (laughs) oh Oh my god i've solved the case solved done cracked (laughs) lock him up go get him (laughs) if you dare (laughs) also the witnesses of the stein murder said that alan was not the man that they saw fleeing the scene Arthur Lee Allen died of a heart attack in 1992 in his Vallejo home, which is a weird thing to say, Vallejo home. (laughs) His Vallejo. His Vallejo home. (laughs) As previously stated, despite the evidence, he was never officially charged. It's upon looking into the evidence both for and against Allen being the Zodiac that an interesting picture starts to emerge, and the theory of more than one killer starts to make more sense. Knowing that witnesses in the Paul Stein shooting dismissed Allen as the one that they saw fleeing the scene is especially telling. I always did think that that particular case didn't quite match the others. Dun dun dun. (laughs) And that's all the time we have for this week's episode, Spooky Nation. We hope that you enjoyed our investigation into one of the most famous unsolved serial killer cases of all time. I know I did. Yeah, (laughs) it was quite fun. That was great. Please hit us up on social media at This Spooky Show on all platforms. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. We do lots of live shit. We do. We do live shit. We answer comments. So please hit us up. Let us know what you think and we will talk to you back. That's always fun. You can also hit us back with your theories on who you think did it. Who done it? Who done did the tank? We'd like to extend a big spooky show thank you to actor Christopher Brown, who performed as our Zodiac killer today. You can catch Chris in the new movie Abigail Haunting, which is available currently on Amazon Prime for streaming. It's a great thriller. You guys should go check it out. It's really amazing. Join us in two weeks when we venture back into the world of random horror fiction and creepypasta with episode 23, Scary Stories to Tell in the podcast too, the spooping. Ooh, crepe pasta. Crepe, crepe pasta, pasta, you say? Yes. <laughs> Creepy paper. <laughs> Creepy paper. It's it's crepe paper. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyways, stay, stay spooky, spooky, friends. friends.